Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. It's Beamaz and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. Welcome into BMAS and Beamer here on WBEN. Glad to have you with us on a Wednesday morning. It is October the 13th. It sure is. Um, and we are looking at 15 years since the surprise October storm, the October surprise storm that caught everyone off guard, Joe. Uh, one yep. of the storms that, you know, kind of lives in infamy. And how many are there really in, I, I mean, the big three, if you had to, the blizzard of 77, there's the October surprise, and then there's the Snowvember storm, right? I, That's I right. Mean, are, are there many others that really hit that Mount Rushmore? No, you know, th not that hit that significance. You know, I do think of... Uh, I forgot if it was 07 or 08 when it snowed for two straight days between Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, and it just kept snowing and snowing. Um, but again, that one doesn't hold the uh, doesn't hold like this uh, like these two, like the October surprise, November, and the blizzard of 2000. Yeah, um, I feel like that one you were thinking of was longer ago. That really? Was, uh, if if I'm thinking of the same thing you are. Of a Christmas Eve to Christmas Day. Yeah. And even past that storm, or maybe it was even Christmas night into the time yeah. after. I think that was even earlier than that. Wow, okay. It might have been around 2000. I'm, you but know me. I could I'm be not, thinking of different ones. Too. I'm not good at placing things on yeah. the correct date. So, um, But no, <laughs> it is... You know, one of those things that everybody remembers, and we're taking your memories. You can call in 803-0930, weigh in on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board, and, you know, share some of your memories of the October surprise storm. Where were you? What were you doing? And how did you see it through? Uh, joining us now on the line, we go to uh, Don Purdy, who is the author of Thunder Snow of Buffalo is our guest this morning to kind of help us with, uh, you know, sorting through a lot of this. Don, great to have you on. Uh, I have your book in my hand right now uh, and kind of uh, using that to relive some of these memories, which you really dove into here. I, I mean, what was that like to you to kind of think, all right, now is the time to revisit what we went through in October uh, all the way 15 years ago? Well, I appreciate you asking, uh, Brian and Jill, and I'm glad you have the book there. Um, what really, it was a 14-year project. Uh, after the storm in 06, 
uh, a young neighbor friend, uh, Billy Kloon, who lives behind us, used to cut through to visit a relative on our street. We got to know him as a family friend. And a year after the storm, he, he started sharing uh, some of his stories, and I shared a few. He knew I worked at the Bills front office at the time. And uh, he kind of flippantly said, hey, we should write a book about it. And, and I, you know, I thought, okay, that's a pretty tall task, but I'll go back to the, the team and I'll ask some of the rookie players from the South what they thought, you know, of this happening in October, something their agents never would have warned them about. And um, I gathered, you know, we ended up with like 30 pages, not enough for a book, but it was, um, I thought if nothing else, he'd have a heck of a school project. So life happened. We inadvertently just kind of shelved it. And then last summer, um, you know, 2020 kind of got blown up for everyone in certain ways. Uh, I was going through my computer files and uh, I found those stories. And I thought I started reading them. Like, These are fantastic stories. And did the math thinking, Oh, next year's the 15th year anniversary. And so I thought I called Billy. He's now a 28 year old mental uh, a therapist in Boston. And I said, uh, Billy, what do you think about kicking the tires and, and, and resurrecting this thing and finishing what we started all those years ago? I said, before uh, you answer, what if I told you that I had gotten Marv Levy to write the foreword for the book? And he was like, oh my gosh, I would have been in before that. But think of how, you know, the credibility that gives us, because we're going to need a lot of other accounts to come up uh, with the book. So sure enough, uh, we came up, we, we, we have 50 plus contributors, including your own Tim Wenger, who gave us an excellent account of, you know, what he was doing that day and how on a dime he realized he had to, you know, his personal life got uh, turned into his professional life and he had to go all storm all the time on your, your station as for a, a week plus is basically a community service. But, uh, um, you know, that, that's, that was the journey of the book. And then it, we, it, uh, we wanted it out by the summer so we could have a soft open, um, kind of a grassroots campaign. And uh, we wanted, naturally with this anniversary, we wanted to leverage it and use it, but the book certainly transcends far beyond and in between any anniversary. The, store, the stories, as hopefully you've uh, read, um, incidentally, Joe, I heard your story about trying to deliver pizzas without a GPS a couple of weeks ago. I laughed out loud and I thought that would have been book worthy. But uh, um, so, yeah, the book came in this summer and uh, I was all excited. We, we as authors, Billy and I, we were getting copies uh, and we purchased a bunch of copies. But uh, I, I ordered one online uh, on Amazon. It came in or came to the door. I was videoing it like this is going to be so great when I open my first book I've been told by people who have written a book when you get that thing in your hand and I'm opening it up and my wife had ordered six Tupperware containers the night before and it was quite the letdown but the book did come the next day <laughs> yeah let me tell you when you when you uh, don't know the area and snow is covering every street sign by six o'clock and you're trying to deliver someone's dinner uh, you, you know you're not you're not anyone's favorite person let me tell you um, let me ask you when you, when you uh, talk to people about the storm when you want to get their stories um, where people you know you kind of got you know kind of their eyes lit up when you asked uh, to remember that day uh, 15 years ago absolutely and that was um and, and people from such a range of professions. I mean, starting with me at the Bills office, I was serving in the front office at the time. So, uh, I mean, players were, were blown away, as you'll see in the book. Uh, you know, dozens of them 
familiar names, some more familiar than others, but uh, we're just delighted and to, to share, you know, what they, they thought and they were blown away literally. And they hadn't been taught to drive in the snow. That, that actually is something the team does teach the players to do. Uh, but you know, that usually happens uh, more in December, not, not October. So um, Kevin Everett gave us a, a real long zoom interview. <clears throat> if you recall, he was the uh, uh, Valvano courage award winner in 2007 after recovering from his life-threatening injury in, in uh, the 07 opener. And he, he uh, was just so excited to talk about something in his, his career other than his injury. He openly talked about his injury as, as well. He, he could not, but uh, he, he just loved Buffalo. And um, Roscoe Parrish, uh, his Miami teammate, uh, woke up that morning and wanted no part of it and <clears throat> called Kevin because he knew he had an escalate and said, you want to try to get us there? And Kevin took it on. And the, the whole uh, Mr. Toad's wild ride journey is, is in there, uh, along with several other accounts from Bill's players and coaches and, and, and staff. And again, contributors uh, across the media spectrum, uh, to me, much highlighted by your own Tim Wenger, who uh, I really appreciated his, his account. Yeah, I, it was a storm that really isn't like a lot of the other storms we remember. And somebody else, you know, if you wanted to add to our Mount Rushmore of storms, you have the blizzard of 77, you have this, the October surprise, this November storm, and then somebody mentioned in the blizzard of 85, if only because that's the Jimmy Griffin uh, stay home and get a six-pack storm, and uh, that quote will make the storm maybe more memorable than the snow was. But all those other storms, it's the snow that we're talking about, and it's the shoveling of the snow that's the memory. It's you know being buried in there and, and all the white stuff around you that you, you will remember kind of forever, whether it's from the snow that fell or the snow drifts or something like that. For the October storm, it's not the snow, it's the trees, it's the cleanup, the branches, the power lines on the ground, and everything like that. The national grid trucks instead of the snow plows and, you know, big forklifts and high lifts that uh, take the snow out. I mean, it really was quite different from what we're normally used to. Yeah, very true. And, and uh, another fascinating aspect of the storm was the degree of severity in the 10-mile zone versus where outside of that zone there was hardly anything. I mean, I was in my One Bills Drive office, and um, my office faces west, and it was clear as a bell in the day. And I got a call from our workers' comp attorney, Roger Edel, downtown, and he said, Don, you would not believe what's going on in the city. It's like a blizzard. So as I'm looking west and I turn to kind of look north, I saw this wall of clouds of color I'd never seen, purplish, blue, just crazy. And then – Simultaneously, I watched the carpool in the driveway with a bunch of snow on it, seemingly obviously from, from the great white north there of the city of Buffalo. And uh, we had nothing yet, and that's in West Seneca, and, and it hit later that night. Um, our neighbor, Pete LaForce, uh, worked at Buff State Security, and he got a call during that time. This is in the book from Buff State Security saying, Pete, you got to get here right away because uh, we, we have to herd all of the students, help them get back into their dorms safely. And he said, what are you talking about? And he goes, just get here right away, and you'll see. And it took him hours to get there, and there's a real funny story about what he found uh, after he successfully got the, the students in. But um, I would contend on the storm now, uh, you, um, Don Paul and the other meteorologists uh, give a real, real in-the-weeds weather geek chapter that people really seem to love. But 
they talk about a storm that happened in 1906, exactly 100 years earlier, and co-author Billy Clune did a masterful job of weaving that into that, and it's funny because it talked about how it crept up and surprised everyone, and uh, took the telegram and telegraph lines out, and the trolley cars were taken offline, and with all the trees in the way, and so I would maybe contend that that's your fourth storm on the on the Mount Rushmore. Uh, the, the, first, the first three you mentioned are, are slam dunks for sure. You know, I have to say, I do like that Wilson Farms and Blockbuster are mentioned in the book, you know, places that we miss here in Western New York 15 years later. But you also talk, so we talk about the storm that was 15 years ago last night, uh, but then you talk about, you know, the after, walking outside the morning of October 13th. What was that like uh, for you, That you know, that, that morning looking out the window? I remember it, trees down. I had to walk, uh, walk to the drugstore and be uh, guided by a flashlight to go get the essentials. Uh, what, did you, what were you doing 15 years ago? Well, first of all, that morning I was panicking. At 3 o'clock in the morning I left a message uh, at my boss's Jim Overdorf's office because – I was, in, I was one of the people in charge of uh, travel for the team, and we had, to, we had to go Saturday the next day. And I was just with, short of a helicopter. There was no way I could see getting off the street. Uh, we had taken a tree at 3 o'clock in the morning, not just on our roof, but it went inside the house. We, our basement was flooded. Uh, trees went through our fence, dozens of them, like, like knife through butter. Um, and I had to help Kevin Begank with the Bill's office. It was his first year. He's now a VP over there. But uh, it was my responsibility every time a player was signed to do what was called an ECRS, an electronic contract, that had to be submitted to the league by 4 o'clock. And I had done 99% of them. So I had to, while standing in my basement knee-deep, I had to talk him through that by his phone, uh, teach him how to do it. And uh, he successfully submitted it to the league. Um, the coaches would have been very upset if we weren't able to bring a player off the practice squad onto the active roster. But uh, we did. We were able to get to Detroit with some drama. But uh, essentially that morning, um, everyone on our street, and I'm sure this was repeated on thousands of streets all over Buffalo, just walked out and realized in an unspoken way, uh, we have to get we, we have to get these trees off the street. And now it wasn't as easy as it would seem because – intermingled was a spaghetti factory of, of live uh, electrical wires that were down. And uh, so you had to be real careful, but uh, we just almost like zombies or white walkers just started robotically pulling them off, putting them in anyone's yard because no emergency vehicle was going to be able to get on the street or no, including electric vehicles or uh, any other emergency vehicle with say someone's medication or or no one was going to get off the street without at least most of the trees being um, taken off. So they, everyone just understood and got right right to that. Um, and I'm sure, again, that was repeated on thousands of streets all over Buffalo. All over the place. Um, you, you know, how, is, how have you changed maybe the way you operate since the October storm? I feel like a lot of uh, people have. You can look at a big company like National Grid or something like that, and they mm-hmm. I, I see them around all the time trimming the trees, right? Uh, every single uh, summer they're out and doing it, trying to make sure that just in case something like this happened again, we wouldn't deal with the same amount of impact. I know a lot of people have gotten their generators, you know, which uh, maybe 15 years ago wasn't commonplace. Now uh, a lot of homes have a backup generator of some sort. 
Uh, how have you maybe turned some things around? Have you reacted at all uh, in a different way to be more prepared? Well, we, we did get a generator a few days later. We had one delivered by our brother-in-law from Rochester that night that literally could not believe. He had no idea. Could, couldn't fathom the destruction that was here until he got to what was then. Here's another way to date things, but would have been the uh, toll booth at what is exit 50 or whatever. All of a sudden, he said it looked like a helicopter chopped off all the trees. But uh, no, I, we have a we have a generator. Uh, everyone everyone has a generator because of the storm. You can argue. Um, Joe Kirschmeyer uh, of um, West Seneca Chamber of Commerce said he had to drive all the way down. This is in the book. Driveway all the way down to past Edinburgh or to Edinburgh. Bought two when he finally found one. Came home. Uh, hooked his up and then looked for other houses that needed it and walked into a, a neighbor's home, an elderly, elderly gentleman who said, uh, do you smell something? And Joe said, as a matter of fact, I do. And he realized it was gas. He had the gas oven on and candles were lit. And he's like, blow those candles out, turn us off, get out of here right away. And otherwise it might have been a situation literally that, that happened, actually happened a few months ago up in, up in Buffalo, right, where – that could have, um, uh, you know, blown up. But I think for me, more so than uh, how have I adapted to storm preparation, uh, I think, and, and just by virtue of me being on with uh, you, Brian, and Joe, is, is the amount of people I've gotten to, to meet or reconnect with from the bills that I worked with all those years ago. Um, the other day I was, I was um, riding, taking my truck and taking my bike to Chestnut Ridge, and my phone rang, and it was Eric Brady. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's a legendary columnist. I had sent him a book. I sent books to all of the contributors. And then I also sent books to people who are ambassadors of the city and who would appreciate knowing what happened, whether they were here or not. And uh, he, um, he wanted to do an article, which actually is in today's Buffalo News Online. I think it comes out um, in paper in the next day or two. But uh, I thought to myself, uh, I'm, I'm talking to Eric Brady here. When when how would that have otherwise ever happened? And he was joking around. You're you're riding a, your bike today on October, or whatever it is. <laughs> Whereas 15 years ago, you were dealing with the storm of the century and uh, in shorts and a t-shirt. That's right. And, and um, so I've uh, it's been a, a experience of, of personal and professional growth for me. And uh, and Buffalo, I just realized you had Paul Mauer on earlier on your program gotten to know him and Therese Swarton Barnes, who did the um, statues, used the old tree carcasses and, and had statues of famous Buffalonians uh, made of them. And uh, these are extraordinary people, extraordinary citizens of Buffalo. And uh, one of the favorite stories people keep telling me in the book is uh, what happened to the Thurman Thomas statue. Um, I mean, <clears throat> spoiler alert, in part, it was stolen, but the real story was how they found it and retrieved it um but uh I, the, the people i've met um and opportunities i've had to to uh, get to know folks i otherwise wouldn't have um has been a real blessing for me don are you like me maybe it is just me but every october thinking is this the year it happens again <laughs> well we we uh as you've alluded to joe we have you know, you, you can look right on your phone and see the radar now. That wasn't the case 15 years ago. Um, so with that, with that technology, uh, I, I don't know. In my mind, I, don't, I can't see it. When you read the weather chapter, um, 
that has Don Paul, Aaron Mikowski, Patrick Cameron, Chesley McNeil, who was here at the time, and, and they describe just how extraordinary those conditions were in, in real detail. I, I got to say, no, I, it's just it was the, the perfect storm in that regard where I, I don't see it duplicated again in our lifetime to that degree. Could it snow again in October? Sure. I mean, yeah, but, but uh, with lake conditions and the air pressure and all that, uh, no, I, I, I don't really uh, ever think we'll, we'll see it again, but uh, I can't say never. Yeah. Well, we hope not. <laughs> um, Don, thanks so much. The book, by the way, is Thunder Snow of Buffalo, uh, available at uh, a lot of bookstores. I've seen it uh, out and about, especially at some of the Wonderful. Buffalo stores uh, already. So check it out. Thunder Snow of Buffalo, Don Purdy, who has been joining us over the last half hour to remember 15 years ago the October surprise storm. Don, thanks so much for being with us over the yes. last uh, half hour or so. It's been great to uh, chat and get a little bit of the story behind the story that you wrote. Uh, you know, the October surprise storm, uh, you, there's nothing like it. There really isn't. Nope. Um, all the snowstorms, I mean, there's nothing like the uh, just tree branches everywhere. The, the memories of that October surprise storm, I mean, that'll stick with you for a very long time. And of course, you know, those other storms, they have their own memories too, but there is, again, there's just, just that something where there's really no parallel to draw it to. I mean, you can compare it to November or 77, but you know, the way that that brought damage is not the same as anything else we saw. No, you know, it's one of those things I wish we had smartphones then for the pictures, but in my mind, the pictures of walking out the next morning are like it was yesterday, Brian. I mean, I remember it vividly. The uh, walking outside and just the seeing the trees on the ground, the snow, couldn't move any cars, had to walk down the street to uh, get a flat, the flashlight walk through the pharmacy just to get a few essentials as the uh, power was out. It was unbelievable. Well, if you have any uh, memories you want to share with us, 803-0930, the place to do it. You're listening to BMAS and Beamer on WBEN. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there 
there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. It's Beamaz and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. Well, welcome back. The 15 year anniversary of the October storm of 2006. Or I guess we just call it the October storm. We don't have to put the year on it. Yeah. By the way, the, year, the storm I was thinking about of the Christmas Eve, Christmas Day storm, where there were a, a total of seven feet of snow, that was 2001. So not 2007 or 8. I'm sorry. I was a little off. Yeah, I knew it was a little before <laughs> what you were thinking there. But uh, BMAS and Beamer here. You can join us 803-0930 uh, by giving us a call or on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. Uh, if you missed the first part of the show, we were speaking with Don Purdy. He wrote the book, Thunder Snow of Buffalo, all about the October surprise storm, which I would put, I think uh, we have a pretty solid, if you're going to make a Mount Rushmore of the Buffalo winter storms, you go blizzard of 77 you would put the october surprise right there yeah you'd have to put snowvember because of the sheer amount of snow was absolutely incredible and i think your last spot probably goes to the blizzard of 85 if only because of the quote right jimmy griffin and stay home and get a six-pack that's gonna live forever most people think it was the blizzard of 77 that that was set in um, but, I mean, you have to, I think, include that because it's a part of Buffalo lore. Right. Even if the storm was, you know, maybe you would uh, say, well, the storm was worse in 2000 right. than it was in 85. I wasn't alive in 85, so I couldn't tell you. But I think with the quote puts it on the Mount Rushmore. The, yeah, the quote puts it on there because every time we're talking about, you know, a, a lot of snow, stay home, what do they do? They quote that. That storm, and it, it came from that storm. Yeah. So, yeah, and each one of those storms has the lasting, you know, the the imagery, right? right? That's something that pops into your head. We're 77, it's those big snow drifts, the piles of snow that, you know, blew all the way over people's roofs yeah. at uh, the time. And that icy snow, because yeah. it was on the lake, and it's just frozen to things to people's houses, people's cars. Blowing all over the place. Um, for the October surprise, obviously, it's the trees. It's the branches. It's, you know, it's it looked like carnage out there when you walked out the next day. It wasn't so much the snow. It's November, it's the wall of snow that will live on forever, that image. And then, you know, 85, you've got, right, just Jimmy Griffin's face. Yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what you'd put on there. Right. I, I don't think there's uh, much that really goes uh, above that that would dethrone anything for the uh, 
the you know top four not that, storms. Not that I can think of, Brian, but you know they keep telling me that the uh, the lake is sixty six degrees. So maybe uh, and the leaves are green. Maybe we well no I, I don't mean for now but maybe this winter we uh, we add one I hopefully not hopefully I not. can rem- I mean there is still some good ones there was the winter where we had dual blizzard blizzards we had two blizzards I, I mean meteorological blizzards in the same winter which was I think yeah. they were both in January actually which that was unbelievable that was um, right around the time we had the coldest February oh, on record I, yes. I mean that was an unbelievable winter so you know everyone has their memories but even the blizzards I mean the blizzards were bad but they were nothing like uh, the devastation of these storms so you know if you want to weigh in you can throughout the rest of the show uh, 15 years later, if you remember the October storm. Uh, another thing, Joe, in the and I was uh, kind of thinking of when I was thinking of the Mount Rushmore of uh, storms. Uh, I was also thinking, what's what makes the Mount Rushmore of ugly buildings? And I was thinking of this because of the conversation <laughs> we had earlier this morning. Joe Larigo came on to comment on the announcement yesterday that the Buffalo Convention Center would be getting a facelift. And by the way, uh, part of that facelift is a name change, too. It's the Buffalo-Niagara Convention Center. Right. It would now be the Buffalo Convention Center. I don't think there's any difference in the name, right, at all. No. Like, I, I really don't think it makes that much of a difference uh, one way or the other. I do think, though, what would make a difference would be to change the name, especially when you're talking about the uh, convention industry changing, because of COVID and how more things are virtual and there's fewer and fewer of these big events, to name it the Buffalo Event Center might give it a little bit of a... Because it's not just conventions, right? Right. It's the auto show. It's the disco. It's the after party for the turkey trot. You know, it's home to all these events that might give people a, a little bit of a different view of exactly what it is. Yeah, convention center, uh, convention. It's just an, it's seems just, out to, It sounds like a place I would never word. go. Right. Well, it looks like a place I would never go. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, <laughs> that's problem uh, number one. And Joe Larigo was right when he said, I mean, it's an ugly building. And I look at, you know, Buffalo has some of the some of the best looking, you know, buildings. You drive around. Oh my gosh, breathtaking architecture. And then you've got the you got convention centers too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I look at buildings like the convention center, and I say, when was this? When did this ever look good? Whoever looked at the convention center and say, hey, I want to see what's going on yeah. in there, or hey, I'm going to rent some space out in this building. It's a huge eyesore, especially with what Doug Jamal is doing to the Statler. I mean, it's just going to really even show how much of an eyesore that convention center is. But I like this plan of shying away from, and this is, I would have liked this even before the, you know, everything kind of changed when it came to the convention industry, of turning away from a new convention center. Right. And and more to just a facelift and a needed upgrade to what we currently have. I think even uh, if this brings no new business, and I always uh, get a little turned off when I hear about, you know, that this is going to drum up new interest. You know, we're going to invest this money and there's going to be a renewed interest because it looks better. And, you know, I I never know if for sure that's going to be the case. But I would have been for putting money into the convention center just to upgrade the look because I think just improving the facade of the building is a marked improvement yeah. to the downtown Buffalo area. That that needed to be done because it really is a turnoff. I, I, and it's such a, 
I mean, it's such a big part of the city. It's uh, where a lot of people drive past if they're not even going to to kind of see that drab, ugly. It really does bring it down yeah. just a little bit. So I think even just to give a facelift it, with no uh, indication that it's going to improve business would be worth that investment to make it look a little bit better. Uh, but I also think it's the kind of the smart way to go. You, you do the facelift, which is maybe the most important thing. You change some of the things on the inside. And, you know, to think of it as more of an event center than a convention center. I like that. Y- you know, I do think that you go into the right direction of what we are kind of needing out of that type of facility here in the Buffalo area. Yeah, I think changing it to Buffalo Event Center is a lot better than just changing it to Buffalo Convention Center. That word convention, like you said, it's outdated, kind of like how the building looks right now, outdated. But I also have a question. You know, you talk about the less conventions because of virtual this and that. Is that something that's really going to last? Because if anything for me, I've noticed over the last 19 months, I want more in-person stuff. I'm sick of virtual things. I want to be with people. You want more in-person stuff. You want to be with people. But do you want more in-person stuff when that thing is, I'm traveling to work to see the next greatest software? You know what I mean? Like, that's That's, what a convention is. Like, that's that's a little bit different than, you know, to say I want a concert back or I want, you know, to dine in restaurants with packed people. Um, a little bit. It's a little bit of a different feeling when you know a convention is a a work trip for a lot of people. Yeah, that's true. Is that necessarily something you're dying to get back to? I don't think so. To the level that See, you and that goes back to your event thing yeah, it, because that's what I want. I want when I think events, I want things in person. I, yeah. I don't want any. Hey, we're doing this virtually this weekend. No, I don't. I want that. I want to meet up with people. I want to be with people. I want to. I think Buffalo Event Center. Great name change. It's the disco is back. It's, you know, all these other things that come back. But it is an ugly building from the outside. (laughs) It is terribly ugly. I mean, there are ugly parts inside, too. Yeah, I do like the look of this facelift that it's going to get. I I think it looks pretty cool. Um, You know, I like the ideas of being able to light it up a couple of different ways, right, to... um, you know, reflect whether it's uh, I know the county executive yesterday mentioned red, white and blue after a Bills win, something cool like that or whatever the event is inside. It can kind of match that. But it is going to look so much better. I What are the other buildings? If you had to make that Mount Rushmore of ugly buildings in oh, Buffalo geez. and Western New York, the number one. And I love that this was talked about a little bit. And Joe Larigo mentioned this uh, where it's that brutalist architecture. And there's something about that style that I'm sure some preservationist is going to come around and say, well, no, this is a very important part of history. This, uh, you know, when everybody wanted to make it look like a prison out of a sci-fi movie. Um, <laughs> but it, it is a drab. It just does not look good. And that's the convention center as it stands right now. But that's also Buffalo City Court, which yes. is just the uh, it just, I mean, you have Niagara Square, which is f- filled with great old architecture, and then you just have this, oh, this doom and gloom structure right next to it. We've gotten away from that a little bit, right, with uh, the Niagara Street brutalist stuff. That's gone. Now that's made way to, I would say, what's kind of turned into a generic-looking, you know, uh, building in the new apartments and right. condos that they're putting there. But it is a lot better looking than what was there in the past. 
somebody already mentioned my number three on that list, Lackawanna <laughs> City Hall, which is one of the most amazing buildings. It's an uh, orange box on sticks. Yeah. And if it wasn't so orange and ugly in that way, the sticks part wouldn't really matter. If you go to Tonawanda, uh, right by uh, in between Delaware and Delaware, you know, sandwiched by Delaware Road and Delaware Avenue, there's the library there, uh, the Kenmore yes. Library, that that's a building on sticks. Right. You don't notice it that much because it's not an ugly orange box, right? Yeah. So you you have a, a, a it's got two things going wrong for it. It's an ugly building, and then you put it on sticks so you, people notice it even more. I, I think that would take my number three on those ugly buildings. Were they concerned of you know, a hurricane coming by and flooding these buildings? I, I don't understand I don't know. why in Buffalo, New York, we have uh, buildings on sticks. Uh, maybe it's a parking issue. It's one of those like because we can things, right? <laughs> I think you know, it's, hey, let's just do it. I'll tell you this, and this might not be on the Mount Rushmore, Brian. This might be an honorable mention, or, or people might disagree with me and say, Joe, you're crazy. It looks great. Because I would have put Seneca One Tower on there before Doug Jamal did what he did with it because it was an eyesore and it was empty. Uh, but one downtown that I, I think just doesn't fit in with everything else, and maybe I'm wrong, Brian, I think Main Place Tower is kind of ugly uh, sitting downtown. It sticks out, and I don't know. It's just kind of a very generic-looking tower. Connected to a very generic-looking building in a city full of not-so-generic-looking things. I, I, I could see that. I like where you were going with the uh, Seneca One Tower because that was a cardboard box. Yes. Um, I mean, that was, the, that was a fridge box um, <laughs> just you know plopped in the middle of the skyline. And it is amazing because it's not just from you know, far away when you're looking at the building. It looks a little different with a paint job. It's amazing what a coat of paint can do. Right. But it's also down in the plaza level how different it looks, how built up it's been, and how completely changed that building has become that it does take it off the list. Yeah. Uh, but there's, you know, other – I feel like some of the old – maybe it's like the the Freezer Queen when that was, uh, you know, still really in uh, rough shape out on the Outer Harbor. But there are still some of these uh, grain elevators that, you know, there are historic ones along the Buffalo River – and then further down the outer harbor, there are just some that, you know, it, it, it makes it look kind of drab and like, all right, nobody's yeah. been here in decades, what, 50 years or something like <laughs> yeah. that, where it just it has that kind of appeal to it. I, I mean, I if I had to choose a number four, I'd go a little bit further down Route 5 and I'd take a look at what once was on fire. And that's the former Bethlehem Steel and all of those buildings that are right there along Route 5. Because now not only do you have the remaining structure of what was on fire that's still kind of sitting there in decay, yeah. Yeah. but you have a bunch of other buildings that are just like waiting to be on fire or something like that that look ugly, run down, and really do not give off a good impression of the area. No, it'd be really nice just, you know, get rid of that stuff, free up that land. You know, I think that every time we I, I drive by, um, it, again, I think the Buffalo Convention Center is a necessity for money to be spent. But you look out there, Brian, you wonder, when is this going to get addressed, right? Like, how has this not been addressed by now? How is it still sitting like this? And it is a huge eyesore uh, when you're driving down Route 5. I also want to know, uh, the county executive put a picture out of what the convention center will look like after these remodels. Um, so are they also going to do the 
the work on the road in front because I have not seen a road look that good in downtown Buffalo since I got my license uh, 16 years ago, 18 years ago. That good? That good, yeah. I mean, that the, the picture that the county executive put, it, it's a smooth-looking oh, road. Oh, rendering. Yes. Okay. I have not seen a road look that good in downtown Buffalo since I, uh, since I got my license. I would hope so. And, and I think there would be some improvement. You kind of look at uh, the scaled-back one, the uh, approach to the convention center um, w- when you're on some of these streets. And it does look like a little bit of road work would be done, too, which would be Very pretty nice. nice. I'd be to, all for that. To have happen. But do we need that convention center, I would still argue, yes, that you do need that event place. Like I said, I think event place is maybe a better term in 2021 after. Uh, But the shying away from a new convention center, I do kind of think is where we want to end up because I'm fine with that. Yes. Is Buffalo in the long run going to, you know, steal events away from, even Cleveland, right. or I mean, especially you look at some of the big event places, uh, you know, Las Vegas, or you know, where Austin, Texas, where a lot of these uh, companies are going for their big parties. No, no, but we can be a perfectly fine place, and we have been for some of these medium-sized conventions and events that you don't want to just throw away and get rid of because right. they give so much business to the surrounding area. And you see it every time there's a big event. There was a Homeland Security event not long before 2020, right? That is a perfect example of you go to the bars around the area, everyone's got the big signs, welcome to you know home, the FBI and right. Homeland Security and everything like that. It does provide a tremendous business for that area that you don't want to shy away from it totally. I, I think public opinion even before the pandemic would have been a little split on building something entirely new in in the idea that you're going to attract more. And this is kind of the happy medium of keeping us in the industry while also just keeping in mind that you don't want to spend half a billion dollars, especially with maybe another big project that uh, is getting a lot more attention in the stadium. Right. You might not you might not uh, bring anything else in, but you're not scaring anyone off. You uh you also again might make that more attractive for some local events that we've seen go to the convention center like you mentioned, the disco, the auto show. Uh, there's a beer event that used to be there every year. Bring those things back, keep those things going and make it a place where locals go and, you know, there it's known to have an event every you know other week have something going on in the winter when people want to be inside. Uh, I think that there's there's a lot of good things that can happen, but yes, don't set unrealistic goals. And I am glad and I applaud the county executive for not setting unrealistic goals when it comes to a Buffalo Convention Center. But hey, while we're at it, if we're saving money on building new, you know, I know it's the county's uh, uh, big announcement, but was the city of Buffalo? Are we going to? Uh, City court, you know, updating that building. One of the ugliest still around there. I know that's probably a lot of work, but, I mean, let's go. Let's make it a little bit more inviting. Let's get it going. Uh, Something like that. Or uh, what about down the road? Are we going to have eyes toward those Bethlehem Steel buildings? Are we going to have eyes toward some of the other, you know, uh, ones that make you kind of cringe? Remove those eyesores. You know, downtown Buffalo, uh, Brian, we've said this a a ton of times on the show. Downtown Buffalo looks so much better than it did 15 years ago. Um, You know, let's now let's expand that. 
and let's get rid of some of these eyesores like the Bethlehem Steel Plant and, and, and try to make what downtown Buffalo is and is becoming. And let's, you know, let's just get rid of some of these eyesores that we're not using. You know, it's funny. You mentioned um, the Mount Rushmore of bad buildings in the you know greater Buffalo area, close yes. to downtown Buffalo. If you were to move that up into the north towns and around these suburbs, how I mean, that list would be 10 long of just vacant storefronts yeah. of big box stores that have gone station 12 somewhere <laughs> yeah <laughs> or strip mall areas that you know don't really have any life left in them right yeah i they, mean th- that's all the facelift stuff that you're talking about when you get outside of the city there was an eyesore plaza in orchard park when i lived there that they have since torn down but that would have that would have topped the list because it was in probably the worst condition i've seen a building in western can new york can i say station 12 right now still looks better than the north town plaza that it replaced because at least it looks like even though we know that nothing's really going on there at least it looks like stuff is being built that's true right and in the old north town plaza it looked like something from 20 or 30 years ago right oh, I, yeah. I mean it looked yeah. very outdated so i don't Especially think sitting there empty yeah i wouldn't say i mean it's obviously not great to have just an empty brick or, uh, you know, stone, whatever it is, out there on Sheridan Drive. But I do think it is a little bit better looking right now than that big empty strip mall that was there before. And every old Kmart or something like that, right? (laughs) Somebody mentioning on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board, what about the pit where the odd used to be, right? The big pit? Yep. That you can mark on there. And I am still there. so amazed that that's still there because of all of the attention that they want to place on what's right next door. Right. Right. That is the area where you want to. Wouldn't that be the first thing that you would go and have somebody, uh, you know, rush in there and build something up on? Instead, you look at all the development that's happened in downtown Buffalo around that pit and like something could have happened there now but you're in you're having a great time you're skating on the canals in the winter you're doing something down by the water in the summer and then bam right there in the middle to remind you is uh the pit of the odd what's this going on in the banners that were there when they first tore it down are still there more than 10 years later yeah uh well hey thanks for being with us on b and beamer we will be back tomorrow that's right with thursday on thursday we'll see you then we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.